We're going to dive in today to a brand new series today called Loveology, uh, a study on love and relationships, and um, we're going to go on a three-week journey together, and I just want to encourage you to just dive in, be committed to jump in for three Sundays, three Sundays. If you can't be here for some reason, I encourage you to, to jump online and watch all these things, but we're going to talk about all things love, relationships, marriage, dating, uh, all of that stuff. So I, I want to just find out real quick who I'm, who I'm talking to today. If you are uh, single in the house, if you're single, single and searching, come on somebody, raise that hand, single and, single, single and searching. Sing, sing, look, hey, hold it up high and look around because you never know. Just look around. Like, <laughs> all I ask is you name your firstborn Joshua, Okay. How about single and satisfied? Like, I'm, I'm single, but I'm, I'm good. I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> Jesus is my boyfriend. I'm, like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Okay, okay. How many in here are dating? We got, got any dating people in here? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Dating, all right, all right. How many engaged? Are there any engaged people in the house? Yeah, yeah, okay. Awesome, awesome. All right. Married, married people in the house? Yeah, married. Married and miserable? No, no I'm just kidding. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Don't do that. Now, I know there may be those that are in the house that are divorced or maybe you're widowed, but I just want you to know that this series will be for everyone. My goal, you know, and it, it is a unique challenge, though, because you always want to preach something that everybody can connect with uh, as much as possible. And I know when we do relationship series, if you maybe came out a really broken one, and you're like, ah, oh, I definitely don't want to do it. Or if you're fine with where you are, um, I, I, can, I can hear the tendency of like, I'm going to skip this series, but I want to encourage you not to do that. Be here, be engaged, um, especially if you're single or if you're engaged. You're gonna, you take down, extra, they should have given you two notes. You should need to take out extra notes. And uh, I, want you to, I want you to make this investment. How many know we need to make investments in the areas that matter in our life? Listen, it's amazing how people can binge Netflix for six hours, but they can't come to church for three weeks. Oh, I'm coming strong. I'm just letting y'all know. I'm coming strong. Uh, this is such a huge deal. Now, I wanted to say this right out the gate. I am a pastor. I'm not a relationship expert, okay? I just want you to know this right out the gate. I am a pastor. I'm not a relationship expert. Um, I know how to preach the word of God. That is my passion, is to teach and to preach God's word. I am a shepherd. I'm a teacher. This is what I love to do. Now, though, let me say this. This April, I will be celebrating 20 years of being married to the most beautiful woman that you know right here. And uh, just a couple months, I'm going to be taking her to Hawaii. Uh, come on, somebody. Now, the reason that is is because for our honeymoon, I took her to San Antonio. We did not remember the Alamo too well. So... I told her, 20 years, I've been saving up for 20 years for this moment, so we're going to get away, um, but I love this woman so much. We are, we're not relationships experts. Uh, we've seen some very ugly sides of each other. We've seen some really brutal sides of each other, but yet at the same time, we have clung to God's word to allow us to teach us some things, and so that's really what we're going to do, and by the way, Lindsay will be joining me next weekend. We'll be up on this stage. Um, yeah, so... I am, I'm definitely excited about her joining me, and uh, we'll dive into a lot of stuff, married, and we always have fun with all that, so we'll, we'll do a lot of that next week. Now, even though I'm not a relationship expert, let me just say this, I am a pastor, but I am an incredibly concerned pastor. 
I'm incredibly concerned, Pastor, and I'm going to tell you why I'm incredibly concerned, because the majority of the phone calls that I get revolve around relationships. The majority of the counseling that I get requested for is around relationships. The majority of the prayer requests that we get here at the church, can you imagine what they're around? Relationships. And I am, I'm incredibly concerned as I watch people who make relationship decisions that undermine and damage the relationship. Y'all ever just kind of sat back and just watched as people are making the most dumbest decisions ever, and you're like, you're going to pay for that. I, I'm, I'm incredibly concerned when I watch people that love God but, but have a hard time really knowing how to love each other. I, I, I'm concerned when I have people that are just walking through when a, when a teenager is stuck in between two parents that are incredibly immature and using their kids as ping pongs. That concerns me. Yesterday, literally, I got a phone call. Lindsay, uh, there's a, 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 um, a friend of ours that messaged Lindsay on Messenger just said, hey, can I have Josh's number? And, um, and so he calls me and, he, and what, guess what it's around? relationships. He'd been living for five years with a secret that just came out. Um, and his wife kicked him out. And rightfully so. I would have kicked him out too. Um, but he, it's, it's 911 emergencies and it just breaks my heart because I get a lot of these phone calls. And some of you maybe have been some of those phone calls. Some of you maybe need to put in a phone call. But I realize as I talk about this topic that there are those that you would hear that are just in a hard spot. I, I, let me tell you, as a, as a pastor, I'm incredibly concerned for all the single ladies, especially those who are 30 and below. I'm concerned because men treat you like a commodity and you let them. That concerns me, that you don't know your value, so you just keep giving men discounts. That, that concerns me. It concerns me for the males and the men that are in this room. Ma masculine toxicity concerns me. That men think that they can treat women like that and get away with it. That men can have babies but not be fathers. That concerns me. It concerns me that people think that they can live together and somehow living together and trying this out is going to make us have a great marriage. It won't. You don't test try this thing out to figure it out. Like there's a commitment as we see in scripture that God's called us to. And here's what I know. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships. You could be killing it at work, but if you're losing at home, your life is miserable. Guarantee it. I mean, everybody could be singing your praises and applauding you, and you could be making all the money in the world, but money doesn't buy a thriving, successful marriage. It just doesn't. If anything, it makes them more miserable. And so I, I, I'm, I'm here today just really compelling you from, I feel like, the Father's heart that if you have been having relationship tensions, or maybe your relationship is great, and if it is, praise God, and I hope that we can just fuel that flame even more. But if you're here and you're on the brink of, I don't know what we're going to do, and you're looking at that person, and maybe you came to Our Savior's Church because this was your one latch-ditch effort to try to make things right. Welcome. I'm glad you're here because I really do believe that God has so much to say. Now, in order for us to determine where we're going to go, we got to start with where are we at? So I want to ask you this question, what's your relationship status? 
What's your current relationship status? For those maybe that are in the, the loving relationships, um, in the romantic side, or maybe it's just your, your, your family or whatever, that we usually have three categories. Let me give you the three. The three categories of relationship status is this. You're either sinking, surviving, or thriving. <clears throat> you're either sinking, you're either surviving, or you're thriving. And um, a, a lot of the reason why we do this series every year is because there are a lot of people that are in the first two categories. They're, the, the ship's going down, and, uh, and they're looking for life rafts. <clears throat> or they're just surviving. We're, we're literally just roommates together. That's all we are. There's, there's no more intimacy. There's, there's no more really passion. There's no more desire. We're just making men's, and here's what I hear. It's for the kids. Well, just so you know, the kids leave. And guess who's left? You two. And so if we're staying together just for the kids is your reason, that's a terrible reason. So I think God desires for us to be able to move into the thriving category because here's what I know. Nobody goes down the aisle and says, I do, because they just want to sink and survive. Everybody goes down the aisle. How many know because you want to thrive? You, you, you want to you find a love that, um, that both of you enjoy, and I, and I want to help with that. So I want you to write this down if you got some notes. Uh, in order to thrive in your relationships, we've got to let the one who designed it define it. In order to thrive in your relationships, we've got to let the one who designed it define it. How many know we've got to stop taking our cues from the world when it comes to relationships? Stop going to Google, stop going to YouTube, stop going to the magazine, stop going to TikTok, stop going to the gram. The gram ain't helping you with your relationships, okay? If anything, it's making you more miserable because you're comparing your relationship to somebody else's relationship, and it's not fair. Don't do that. Don't do that. We've got to allow the one who designed the relationships to define the relationship. And the world's way of looking at relationship is this. I see it. I want it. I pursue it. I get in it. And then I ask God maybe to bless it. And then when I find out that they're not perfect and we got issues, then I try to fix it. And then when I get to the end of myself and I realize I can't fix them, then I ask God to fix it. That's literally how it goes. I see it. I want it. I pursue it. I get in it. I ask God to bless it. And then something happens and it's not what all I thought it would be. And then I go into Mr. and Mrs. Fix-It mode, and then I realize real quickly I can't fix them. And then as a last-ditch effort, we go, God, can you fix this? Which I just want you to know, here's the hope, God can fix anything. He's, he's an incredible repair, restore, this is what he does. But I want us to look at Romans 12, verse 2. And the word of God tells us something about this, and you can apply this really to any area of your life, but, but this is what Romans 12, verse 2 says. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of what? Of, of what? The, the world. Don't, don't copy that behavior. Don't copy their customs, but let who? God. Come on, let's say it. Let God, God transform you. you. And this is a huge part here. Let God transform you. Well, talk a lot about this in this series because so much of our vitriol can go to the other person and God goes, let's talk about you. And you're like, we ain't talking about me, we talking about her, okay? And you're like, no, let's talk, about, let's talk about you because God wants to make you into a new person by changing the way that you think. 
And then, when we can change how we view things, how we think through things, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing, and it's perfect. Newsflash, everybody, God is the creator and the originator of relationships. God is the creator of love. God is love. He's the creator of love. Newsflash, God is the creator of marriage. God didn't make Adam and Eve and then go to the kitchen and then come back and be like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, he put them together and said, hey, be fruitful and multiply. It was God's design from the very beginning. Sex was God's design. Intimacy was God's design. Relationship was God's design. Parents and, and children is God's design. All of this is God's design. And when your life is not going right, when something is not working the way that it should, the thing that you should do is go to the manufacturer. You go to the creator, okay? Now, all of us in here probably have vehicles. I mean, you drove here in a vehicle, and maybe there's some of you that are pretty well-versed in vehicles. I just want you all to know, I'm really good at the Bible. I'm very terrible at cars. Just going to go ahead and put that out there. If you call me for your car, I'll call you. I'll, I'll come pick you up, okay? Like, I'm not... <laughs> I'll call, I'll call you a taxi or I'll call you, a, you know, some, something to come get you. But I, I don't know anything about vehicles. Very, very rare do I know much about vehicles at all. I know they take gas and oil. I know that. I know you're supposed to do that. Okay, I don't know if that took my man card down three notches. I'm just telling you I know what I'm good in, okay? I know what I'm not. When things start breaking down in my vehicle, the first thing that I should be going to is this little thing that's in my vehicle. This, this, I grabbed this literally out of my truck before I came in here. This is the, this is the owner's manual. And uh, any of y'all, whenever that little light pops up on the dashboard, the first thing you go check is like, what light is that? Okay, what, what light? Is, is that tire? Is that, is that oil? Is that, oh, that's gas. Okay, all right, that's the light. That's the light. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you, you go in, and I get freaked, you know, I get freaked when these lights start flashing and all that stuff, I get, I get freaked out, that's because I just really don't know this really well, I don't know the truck super well, and so what I have to do, and actually now my screen thankfully helps me, my screen, you know, how I many know now your screens know you're dumb, so they just like, take it to the dealer. <laughs> okay, all right, good, like, let's get straight to the point, take this truck to the dealer, um, and so when I pull it into a dealership or I pull it into any kind of mechanic, here's the, here's the thing. Watch. Uh, you walk in there and, you, and they go, okay, what's going on? You tell them what's going on. I have yet to ever see a mechanic go, oh, my God. <laughs> what? You know why they're not freaked? Because they know the manual. They, they know how the vehicle works. And because the mechanic and the creator of the vehicle knows how the vehicle is called to work, they're not freaked out about it because they understand how it works. The reason I say all that is there's principles literally in God's word that tell us how relationships are to work, and the only reason you're freaked is because you just don't know it. The moment you get to know what God's word says about you, your spouse, your family, love, relationships, is the moment all the pressure starts getting relieved because you realize there's answers to what I'm going through. 
And so when you bring your relationships to God, God's like, what? Are you serious? That's a new one. No, he knows exactly what's going on because he's very well versed in how he designed it and how he created it. So I want to tell you something because there are principles. And that's a lot of what we're going to do in this series is we're going to go to God's word and we're going to look at God's principles because this verse tells us to not copy the behaviors and the customs of the world. The world has principles when it comes to relationship and God has principles when it comes to relationships. And I want to give you a couple of things. If you're taking some notes, I want you to write this first thought down is that God's principles make, they simplify your life. God's principles simplify your life. Let me, let me give you a for example here. Uh, when you're driving out here, like I was driving literally to church today and a light came on. It happened to be my gasoline light. Nowadays, it's not even, go figure, huh? All like, well, of course it is. I just want y'all to know, the gasoline light came on for Lindsay last night and I went and filled her up. She's at 400 miles. You're welcome, okay? I'm at six. Okay, so... <laughs> Now, now, you know, now it's all technical because, like, you can see the, like, you can see the count. It's like, the final countdown. Okay, it's like counting down. And it's a game for me, but it's all, y'all, anyways, I'm going to keep going because that's not my message. So, but God's principles simplify your life. Here's the deal. Watch. When the light came on, I start seeing the tick down, 10, 9, 8. Okay, I don't pull over and start praying. God, I just, God, God, help me. God, God, fill the oil. Fill the gas. God, no, you know why I don't? I don't have to pray because I already know what I'm supposed to do. I should just go pull into a gas station and get gas. It simplifies my life because some of you are praying about things that God already told you what to do. It's simple. I don't know why my, my wife always, we're always angry, we're always screaming at each other. I, don't, I just don't know what to do. I just need to pray. No, maybe you just need to be nice. I know, I, I, know, I don't want to like oversimplify anything, but like maybe there are things in God's word that really helps us. And, and, and sometimes we're praying about things that we should be just doing God's word, like the principles of this. It's very simple. Like, Pastor, I have no money. Get a job. I never thought about that one. Mm, okay, yeah, let's get a job. Okay, yeah, like there's just some things in life that are very clear. Now, I don't want to oversimplify things, of course, but God's principles are designed to simplify your life. So there's things we're praying about that you should just be like, oh, I ran out of love. Well, go to the gas station and refill it. Uh, the reason people get divorced is because they fall out of love. I said, well, if it's got a leak, just put more in it. Like there's simple principles that are there, okay? The second thing, though, is that God's principles protect your life. So when God says to do things a certain way, it's not because he's trying to withhold love and joy and fun from you. God's trying to protect you. How I many know when you tell your kids, don't play in the road, your little kids, don't play in the road. Mom, you're just such a killjoy. Oh, I can't believe you. All the fun's in the road. You're not letting me play in the road. And then you go bring them over to the squirrel that's got its eyes out and it's squished on the floor. And you're like, that's you. Right? 
The principles is not to withhold from you. The principles is to protect you. I say it because I love you. No, you can't eat candy all day long. Why? I love it. It makes me feel good. It won't tonight. And then we'll all be miserable. So when God says to do relationships a certain way, listen to me. It's to protect your life. It's to protect your joy. It's to protect your peace. So when God says, I'm going for it. When God says, don't do sex outside of marriage, and you go, he's just a killjoy. How am I going to know? I can't commit to this girl forever if I don't know if the sex is going to be good. Well, listen, God is trying to protect you because what happens if that relationship doesn't work and now you've got a soul tied to somebody and then a soul tied to the next person and a soul tied to the next person, then you finally do get married and all this stuff that's inside of you that you didn't realize is now connected to you because it was connected to somebody else when God just says, if you'll just abstain yourself and hold on, I'm kind of bring somebody to you that you're going to love and that you're going to flourish and you're going to be intimate with. But if you keep doing this over and over again you're hurting yourself and you're hurting them I'm just I'm just telling you I know it's 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 a huge deal for us to realize but the area of your life where you are the most ignorant is the area that the enemy has the most rulership over you this is so huge because the enemy is able to win in marriages and in relationships and in your dating life and your single life because you are ignorant of what God's principles say about relationships. And if you want to win in relationships, this is the key. God's given us everything we need. I got, man, I just got difficult. They're just really difficult. They're just really obstinate. They're just really... I know, and God will walk you through how to deal with difficult people. God will walk you through what happens when there's broken trust. What happens when they don't uphold their end of the commitment or the covenant? What happens when I want out? What happens when I've lost that? What happens? And so what I want to do today is, is I want us to, to tackle three things. The, the title of today's message is, What is Love? Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. No, uh, all right. That's some, anyways. Um, okay, watch it. Here's the crazy part of that. When that question was answered, they didn't even answer the question. What is love? Don't hurt me. That's because so many people, when it comes to relationships, have been hurt. That the knee-jerk reaction is when we even talk about love, we think about hurt. And so I want to I address three lies that we can all buy into when it comes to love. And the first one's this, is that love is a feeling. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have loving feelings, but if we buy into that love is only a feeling, it can be very detrimental. And so, you know, we do a lot of premarital counseling, um, and I'm grateful for that. Like, if you want to get married in our church, just go ahead and put that out there. If you want any of our pastors to marry you, we require premarital counseling. You don't get an option. You have to. Um, and the reason is, is because we want to find out your motivation. We want to find out if you're ready. I'd rather save you a pain of not getting married than save you the regret of you getting married. I'd rather do the work on the front side than the autopsy on the back side. So we require it. 
And, uh, and so, you know, one of the questions we always ask is, you know, why are you, why are you, why are you getting married? Uh, why are you getting married to this person? And so often, like, oh, we just, I just feel so in love. Oh, I'm just so, we're just so in love. And, uh, of course, you know, any person that's been married longer than four days, <laughs> is, that, is that it? Like, is there something, what else? I don't know. He just makes me feel so good about myself. And he just, all of this stuff that, that comes in, um, and I think a lot of that ends up happening is like we, we love the idea of marriage. We love the idea. We, we fall in love with falling in love. Yeah. <laughs> like, we've got like some Disney mentality when it comes to love a lot. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you watch these two people, and they were destined together, and they go through all this drama and all this stuff, and then it gets to the end and the culmination, and there's this big kiss, and then on the screen it says, and happily ever after. And I want to know, like, what happens after six months? Come on, y'all with me? Like, what happens after six to 18 months when you don't, you don't got that loving feeling anymore? Like, I want to know what happens there. But, they, you know, Disney don't show that side. Like, I need a part two to Beauty and the Beast. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I need a part two. I need Belle in there, you know, with the Beast and going, listen, we got to deal with this hair shedding that's everywhere. I mean, it's all over. I got allergies. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, we need to talk about that stuff. Ariel and Eric, we need to talk about that stuff. You don't find out, like, how does he go see her family? Like, what's, what's family drama now? Like, I ain't going under the sea. I ain't doing all that stuff. Tell your family to come meet me. Like, I want part two of the Disney stories. I want to find out what happened after the hev- happily ever after. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, the Simba and the Nala thing. Nala chasing after Simba, you know, because he's got daddy issues. Going after him, trying to figure out he's got daddy issues, and she's she's trying to see what's happening. And she's like, I'm not leaving until this boy becomes a man. I see greatness inside of him. This is who he is. Can you feel the love tonight? Right? Dear God, we've bought into this. We have. I'm telling you, I, it, it, it's funny, but it's sad because we bought into that, that love is just this feeling. And when we don't feel it anymore, then what do we do? But the last time I've checked, love is not something that you feel. It's something you do. Let me show you. Let me show you scripture. Ephesians 5.28. Here we go. Ephesians 5.28 says this. In the same way, husbands ought to, what's that word? Love, love their wives. All right. If you're married to here, wives, if your husband's next to you, just, just quote this to them, okay? In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love. Now, let's just be honest. Men, we love our bodies, okay? You could be incredibly overweight, and you're like, look at this sexy beast. Look at this. Look at this. You want some of this, babe? You want some of this? It don't matter how much it is. This is how just men are. Women insecure the bodies. Man, don't care. Yeah. I look good. So, so scripture saying, hey, guys, as much as you love yourself and your own body, love your wife. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. So we see love is a, it's an action. It's a decision. 
Now, now let's go to 1 John 3, 16. Let's get out of the marriage category. Let's just see what God called us when it comes to love because love is much more than just marriage. It's God's called us to love. 1 John 3, 16. This is how we know what love is. You want to know what love is? Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. So what Jesus told us, notice he says, love one another. Notice he didn't say, feel love. He said, do love. You got to lay down your life. And I hear husbands and wives, oh, we just don't love each other anymore. I just, I just don't love. Okay, well, this scripture says we just got to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Well, I don't even like her. Okay, well, Jesus has scripture for that too. Matthew 5, 44. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. So what we see here is that love is a, it's, it's a choice. It's not just a feeling. It's a choice. It's a decision. It's an action. We move in love. We walk in love. We speak in love. And oftentimes when we've lost the loving feeling, it's because we've lost the loving action. And when you lose loving action, of course, you lose the feeling. So the way that I like to tell people is this. Don't let feelings dictate. Let choices, make the choice, and let feelings follow. What the problem is in our society is feeling is first and our decisions follow. So we live our life based off of feeling. But last time I checked, if you live life based off your feeling, you probably wouldn't even have a job. Because you wake up in the morning, how many of you every day feel like going to work? You know what you like? Money. It's literally what drives you. Like, I got bills to pay. I mean, I, I got to override my feelings. How many of you every day love being a parent? Exactly. No hands. <laughs> but yet every day you choose to be like, it's not about me. It's not about me. I've got to lay my life down. And so let's be honest. How I many every day is a loving day for your spouse? No, you, you lean over and you're like, oh, God, another day? And she's like, your breath stinks. Get out of the bed. I don't feel love. I don't care. Get out of the bed. Go brush your teeth. Like, y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, that's real. That's like real talk. Because love is a choice, it's a decision, it's an action, which leads to number two. And here's another myth that we believe, another lie that we believe, is that love shouldn't be hard. And the reason why we think love shouldn't be hard is because we bought into a myth that I call it's the right person myth. That once you meet the right person, everything else will be easy. And because I've just got to find the right person, and when I find this right person, everything will just come together. Everything will just work. Everything will just be perfect. And the moment you think you have found Mr. Right, and you do get into relationship with him, and then you come to find out that there's now problems, and now there's issues, and now it's getting hard, you begin to buy in the myth, maybe I just didn't find Mr. Right is wrong. So I need another Mr. Right to fix the wrong. Y'all with me? Like, it just jumps to the next person. So, so here's, here's the way I like to say it. Falling in love is easy. Staying in love is work. 
God, it's so easy to fall in love. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of websites that try to work on your compatibility to try to find someone that will match you, which there's nothing wrong with that, to help you fall in love. But we need just as many thousands and thousands of websites and apps and professionals and counselors and pastors and leaders to help us stay in love. It's easy to fall in it. It's a whole other thing to stay in it. Now think about this. Think about how crazy this is. Um, I have a middle son who's 15, and right now he's like, Dad, like, I'm ready to drive. So he's like always asking me if he can, you know, get in, get in my truck and drive. I'm like, you can do that in mom's car, not mine. So, <laughs> so he's ready to take, in order for him to get his driver's license, what is he going to have to do? He's going to have to take driver's ed. So we're in that right now, you know, working that out. He's going to be taking driver's ed soon, and I'll, I'll post on Facebook when he starts driving. I'll let all y'all know. Um, <laughs> beware. And so he's got to take driver's ed. And watch this. So in order for him to get a driver's license, he's got to take driver's ed. And in driver's ed, he's got to pass a test to get the permit. And then he's got to take more tests to get the license so he's got to go through some, you know, a little bit of rigor to get that license. If you're going to get a hunting license, I had to take myself and my boys through a hunting safety class, right? And we had to go through all of these hours of incredibly boring stuff. But it was for our safety and for the safety of others in order for us to get a hunter's license that I have to get every single year for me to go hunt. Do you know what you need to get a marriage license? A warm body and some money. What? <laughs> like, think about that. No class, no training. Like, I literally just need a certificate, pay some money, and I just need someone to say I do. And that's it. And then we can take this covenant and go happily ever after. And that's what people do. And then the fairy tale is over. And then there's work. And they're like, wait a minute. I thought this was going to be easy. It's now hard. Why is this so hard? And here's, here's the premise of it. Because nothing in life that is worth anything is easy. Nothing. You want to have a physique body? You're going to have to do some work. And not at Popeye's. Like in a gym. I don't care what Jared did at Subway. Ain't true. All right, you got to get in a gym. Like that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you want to be successful in business? It's going to take work. I mean, any area of your life that you just want to thrive in, that you want to grow in, just know it's going to be hard. There's going to be elements that are very, very difficult. And so the moment that we go, well, as soon as this relationship gets hard, peace, I'm out. You're just never going to have relationships. Hey, is parenting hard? Yes. Yes. Some of y'all wish you could divorce your kids. You can't. You're stuck for life. Life sentence. 
Okay, this is the way that it is. But we've treated marriage and relationships so contractual. Let me, and let me even take this even beyond marriage. Let's just take this to friendships. When friendships get hard, we bail on one another. It shouldn't be hard. It's all of a sudden hard. It's, and now we bail on these things, but nothing in life is easy. So just, just hear me. Love isn't meant to be hard, but it is hard in order to stay in it. And we'll talk a whole lot more about that in the weeks to come. But I want to move to three, and then we're going to wrap up. And that is that love will fix my problems. If you had any problems, love's just going to fix it. Have you ever watched someone that's about to make a decision that you know that's going to damage their relationship? Like they're about to make that decision, and you're like, don't do it. Don't do it. Like you see what's about to take place, and they're like, I don't even care. Do whatever I want. How many of y'all want to know why you can see what they can't see? You ever wonder why that? Why can I see things about them in this relationship that they can't see? Ready? It's the same reason why they can see things in you that you can't see. You ready? Here's this. Because love is blind. Love is blind. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's crazy. Don't go out with him. No, I can win him. I can win him. I'm telling you, one day. No, he's, he's straight up bat crazy. Don't go out with him. No, he's going to be all right. He's going to be all right. Guys in here, her first name could be Delilah and her last name Jezebel. You're like, oh, she's going to be good. She's going to be all right. <laughs> Look at that body, though. Look at that body. Man. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, love is so blind. And everybody else is like, everybody else sees it. But you're so enraptured with feelings that you can't see straight. And so everybody's trying to warn you. Those who love you are trying to warn you. Those who could care less about you, like, go get it, girl. Go get it. (laughs) They're the ones, though, you're going and crying. You told me to go get it. I went and got it. Now look what I'm doing. Like, you stupid. Get rid of her, okay? Like, don't do that. Get around some people who are truth tellers. But how many are amazed that love is the only thing that blinds us to the oblivious? There are things that are so oblivious that we just cannot see. But love is the only thing that does that. But here's what I found. Love is blind, but marriage is an eye-opener. Come on, can I get some married people to testify in the house today? All right, listen, tell every single person in here that when they get married, they get 20-20 vision in 4K. Is that not true? Come on, listen. You looked at him and you're like, oh, man, he's so laid back. He's so laid back. I love it. He's so laid back. He gets married. That boy's lazy. He ain't doing nothing. She ain't doing nothing at all. It, it immediately enhances. Watch this. There's no such thing as married people issues. There is people issues that get worse in marriage. Let me say that again. There's no such thing as married people issues. There's just people issues that when you get married, they just magnify. I'm just telling you right now. If you overlook it right now, but Pastor Josh, he got this sit-back ass, six-pack ass, man, just so sexy and so awesome. Yeah, I know, but he's got the heart of a crook. You care less about God. 
He's, he looks terrible on the inside. And can I tell you, in all of the 23 years of marriage counseling I've ever done, I've never had a wife come to me and ask for counseling because her husband looked bad. But I've had them come and talk to me about the inside that looked bad. And how, how terrible that they were on the inside, that they didn't want to deal with things. And we, we think through these things, like, oh, when I get married, I'm just not going to have a porn issue anymore. Yeah. Lie. That's a lie. Oh, when I get married, I'm going to stop drinking. I'll quit being angry. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you have a porn issue or a drinking issue or an anger issue, marriage will magnify your dysfunction. It's like, this, it's like the crazy reason of people that are like totally insecure, totally having issues, and they're like, let's have a baby. <laughs> what? You're going to throw a baby into your dysfunction? I mean, I'm telling you the countless people that go, this is how we can fix it. And here's what I found, though, that the problem with getting married and having all these dysfunctions in your life is that if you don't deal with these dysfunctions, within six months of your marriage, you'll blame these dysfunctions on the other person. So you'll start saying, well, the reason I'm drinking really is because of you. What are you talking about? You were a drunk before me. We said, don't point that on me. I know, but now you've given me more issues to drink, so now I'm really a drunk drunk because of you. Like, I got, I got all these porn issues because of you, because you won't, we won't do anything. Every time I'm like, let's go, you're like, I'm tired. Like, no, 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 that was your issue before, but now you've got a married, you're married to somebody that you can just blame it all on. When the truth was, it was your issue to begin with. But, but this is what ends up happening is if they won't work on this before, you're going to have a really much harder time any other time. And, and I just want you all to hear me. Listen, nobody can fix you or make you whole. Don't ever put that pressure on someone to be that for you. Listen, no one can meet the expectations of what only Jesus can fulfill. I mean, you know, Jesus is the only one that can meet every need that you have. Jesus is the only one. And the moment you put your insecurities, your issues, and your problems on someone else, you're putting a weight on someone that cannot fix it. They cannot fix that issue. Single people in here, or single and searching, I want you to listen to me. Never marry someone hoping they will change. Marry someone because they've already changed. Now, I'm not saying perfect. Nobody's perfect by any means. But if there are things that are like little red flags, they become banners in marriage. Okay. So with all of that, let me, let me bring this to a close. And I want to give us one last, one last point, and that is that in order to give love, you've, you must first receive love. You want to know what love is? I mean, I'm gonna, let me give you a picture of what love is. But in order for you to, to do it, in order for you to be loving, and in order for you to, to have a relationship that love is at the center of it all and you're loving each other well, you've got to first receive it. John 13, 34, 35 says this is Jesus, end of his ministry, the very almost the end of his life, right before he's about to go to the cross, he looks at his disciples and he says this. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. And here's the new commandment, y'all. Love each other just as I have loved you. And you should love each other. And your love for one another will prove to the world that you are what? That you're my disciples. This is what he's saying. Hey, listen, guys. Love other people the way that I've loved you. 
I cannot release love to others until I first receive love from God. It has to start there. And some of you in here, this is kind of a latch disc effort, and I'm, I'm trying to really work on my relationship, and I'm trying to fix all this. Okay, I hear you. Great. But listen, don't make marriage your marriage your priority. Make your relationship with God your priority and watch how your marriage becomes a byproduct of you getting healthy with God. Receiving what God has. No wonder we're so broken in loving other people because we haven't first received God's love for our brokenness. We're broken people that need the love of God to come and fix and make us whole. And it's when I know how loved I am that I can become a conduit to love someone else. Your relationship with other people will never exceed your relationship with God. Let me just say that one more time. Your relationship with other people will never exceed your relationship with God. So if your relationship with God is down here, do not expect your marriage and other relationships to be up here. It's impossible. We've got to raise the intake of love from Christ that now gives us the conduit and the capacity to love other people. Listen to me closely. When God gives you a preview into your spouse's dysfunction, it's not so that you can point it out. It's so that you can be a part of God's conduit to help feel it, fix it and heal it. Now, you can't be the one that fix it, but you can work alongside God to help them. This is what God does. God reveals it. God loved Joshua so much that he gave me a Lindsay. Think about that for a moment. To help me become more like Jesus. What's the purpose of marriage? Uh, just so we have all these loving feelings. No, it's not. The purpose of marriage is that two people who love God, receive God's love, allow God to change them, then they go into relationship with one another and day in and day out see each other's dysfunction, each other's selfishness, and yet show the love of God to that person because that's what loving commitment does. So let me show you because we saw in John 13 what love is. Love each other as I have loved you. Now let's fast forward to 1 Corinthians 13 and see what love is. Everybody help me here. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not. It keeps no record of being wronged. Ladies, all right, so. <laughs> it does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices when the truth wins out. Oh, hold up, hold up. It rejoices when the truth wins. Oh, you mean not when I win. Oh, no, 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 no. I rejoice when the truth wins, because how many know, men in here, you know, how many know you can win the argument, but you just lost? Love never gives up, love never loses faith, love is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Let me say that, it endures through every circumstance, it endures through every circumstance. And Paul wrote this to a very young church. And you know why he wrote this list? It's because it was things they weren't doing. 
and he was reminding them. Our prayer should not be, God, help me find the one. Our prayer should be, God, help me be the one. God, help me become that one. And every day you've got an opportunity to grow in the things on this list. And let me tell you what the trick of the enemy is here. Everybody listen, especially those who are married. Here's the trick of the enemy. The trick of the enemy with this is to point out every single flaw in your spouse instead of looking at yourself. That's the trick of the enemy. That, that person becomes the enemy versus what's in your heart that really is the enemy. And so what we need to do is, is, is we need to put our, our, our name on the list. Let me show you. I'm going to personalize it for me. Josh is patient and kind. Josh is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Josh doesn't demand his own way. Josh is not irritable. Josh keeps no records of being wronged. Josh doesn't rejoice about injustice and rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Josh never gives up. He never loses faith. He is always hopeful and enduring through every circumstance. Do you know how far I am from this list? Like, there's so many things on here that are so absolutely convicting. I'm still 20 years in learning what it is to be loved and to love. And love is something that God is teaching me in this. I'm so far from this list, but can I tell you what I'm so glad of? God is not far from this list. This is who God is. This is what he does. And if I keep my eyes on Jesus, if I keep my eyes in pursuit of him and I keep my eyes on his love for me, then I'm reminded that maybe Josh can't do this perfectly, but there is somebody, let me show you, there is somebody who does do this perfectly. Jesus is patient. How many of you glad Jesus has been patient with you? Anybody in here? Has he been patient with you? Like you've been a bonehead for a long time. And God's like, okay, just go again. Let's go again. Jesus is kind. Jesus is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. This is not what he is. Jesus doesn't demand his own way. No, he comes and he lives a life and he models what love looks like. I give myself away. I don't demand my own way. He didn't say, I'm the king. The king is here. Jesus came and he served. He served the least of them. He served those who were outcasts. He served those who were high. He served those who thought too much of themselves. Jesus was not irritable. Jesus keeps no records of being wronged. Thank God for this. Jesus. Look at the, go to the next one. Jesus does not rejoice about injustice. He rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Jesus never gives up. Thank God Jesus never gives up. Jesus never loses faith. You might have lost faith, but how many know he's never lost faith? He still has faith. He still has hope. And he endures through every circumstance that you and I go through. This is Jesus. This is who we look to. This is who we need our help from. Jesus is this. You know, Pastor Josh, that's way too big of a list. I can't do that. I know you can't. That's why you need Jesus. I can't do it either. I can't love this woman as Christ loved the church until I really understand how much Christ has loved me. 
And then it helps me to understand how to love her well. So here's my prayer for all of us. It's Ephesians 3. It's the same prayer that Paul prayed, and we're done. I know we got to get out of here. But Ephesians 3, 17 through 18 says this. I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your heart, living within you as you trust him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love, and may you be able to feel. So we want you to feel it. And understand I want you to know how long and how wide and how deep and how high his love really is. And I want you to experience this love for yourselves. Would you bow your head in this place? Father, we love you. We love because you first loved us. We love because you first loved us. And I pray that over these next three weeks as we journey through this together, as we unpack what it is to be loved to give love, to live love, to walk in love in all areas of our life. God, give us a revelation of this. I pray that we wouldn't just walk out and just want to just try to go to work and try to fix the God that we would first receive. We would first say, God, is there anything that's in, in me Lord, we know there's shortcomings in those around us. But I'm also highly aware that there's shortcomings in us. God, if we've been irritable, if we've kept records of wrong, if we haven't been patient, if we haven't been kind, God, if we've lost hope, Lord, would you, would you just today remind us of who you are and what you desire to do in our lives? So I want to do this today as we, as we uh, close out this message. There's those that, that you are in here and you've never fully received God's love. You've been trying to work for it. You've been trying to earn it. You've been trying to kind of just do your thing. And today, before we can go any further, before we can work on relationships with people, we first got to make sure that our relationship with God is right where it needs to be. And so today, I, I just pray in this moment, if you're here in this room, and you say, man, I, I, I want to receive God. I, I feel like I'm, I'm lacking in receiving God's love. Man, it's, man today you get, to, you get to receive that. He so loves you. He says, Pastor Josh, you don't know what I've done. Yeah, but he does, and he still loves you. He still loves you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But today, you have the opportunity to put your hope, to put your faith in Christ. The Bible calls that being born again, that today we get to say, God, I'm, I'm going all in for you, God. The Bible says that he forgives, he heals, he restores. We turn from our ways. We place him as the Lord, the Savior of our life. If that's you in this room and you say, I know that I need to receive his love for me today, I want you on the count of three, I want you to stand. I want you to stand. I want you to be bold enough. I want you to stand. One, two, three. If that's you, stand, 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 stand. If that's you, anybody in this room, come on, this is your moment. Stand. God's calling you into this moment to say yes. Is there anybody else? Okay. Now, I want to pray for those of you as well that you're in this room, and if you'll be honest, this is going to take some, this is going to take some humility right here. I don't know what people think. Who cares? This is your moment right now with the Lord. If you're here in this room 
and there's a relationship. It could be your marriage. It could be with your kids. It could be in some area, and you need God to intervene. You need help with them. I want you to stand. If that's you, stand up, stand up, stand up. Don't be, don't be ashamed. We all need help. It's all good. Just stand. If that's you. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. If you're online, we want to we wanna know who you are so we can pray with you as well. But I want us to do this. If you're around someone that, that's standing, would you just stretch your hands towards them? This is just, all this is, is just a, a, a sign of, of support, but it's also just putting our faith with theirs that first and foremost, the question that we've got to ask is, God, is there anything in me? We definitely pray for our spouse. We pray for them, but let's just pray, God, is there anything in me? What are you speaking to me? Right now. So, Father, I pray, Lord, for all those that are standing today representing relationships that maybe are fractured, broken. Maybe there's been hurt, there's been distrust. Maybe there's been things that have been said. But, God, I just thank you that you love them so much that they're here this morning because you're, you want to meet with them. You want to meet with them. And so, Jesus, right now, as they stand, I pray that physic, as they physically stood, it was almost as they just said, I'm not backing down. I'm staying in this thing. I'm staying committed to this thing. I'm staying committed to being the person that you've called me to be. God, I pray that this physical standing, Lord, would be a, a representation of their heart right here, God, that whatever you want to do in me, do it in me. Search me. Search me. Fill me. God, thank you, Lord, that you love them so much. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to remind them that you are their hope. You are their trust. Lord, we depend upon you for that. Lord, so in this place, I pray, God, that hope would be restored where there has been no hope. God, I pray, Lord, that strength would come where there's been weakness. Humility would come where there's been pride. God, I just thank you, Lord, that you make those who are weak strong, strong. So strengthen these relationships now. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Everybody